Sunday morning, snowing in Johannesburg. Can you believe it? Uh, welcome to the show, and thank you very much for everyone who's liked and subscribed. We appreciate your time. We know you've had a lot of options to look, but you're clearly very intelligent and sticking with the CS2 Plus show. So thank you very much for that. And also a big shout out to our new partners, Betway. Uh, check out betway.co.za for all your betting needs. Now, I'm very excited to introduce a man who I've watched a few times. I think you're a warrior. I, I love the fact that you always, you're a gamer, you're aggressive. Sometimes you take shots to give shots. Um, but Rock Knapp, Thanks so much for joining us, man. This boxing love, where did it start? Take us back. I know it's like we're getting deep from the start here, but take us back where your love for boxing started. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Always welcome, bud. Um, the start of my boxing career actually started from box, uh, bullying. Okay. That's how it started. Um, as I've always said, I was a very shy and timid kid where you know, I kept to myself, very scrawny. Um, I was easy pickings for bullies, and, and that's exactly what happened. I got bullied. So as a result of that, my stepdad saw this and saw that I did nothing about it and took me to a boxing gym to you know, teach me how to defend myself and harden up a bit. I was far too soft as a kid, and um, that, was, that was the first, first uh, bite of boxing that I had. Nine years old. Yeah, I was nine years do old. Do you remember that walking into that gym? Because it's I intimidating, do remember that. isn't it? It's so intimidating. I remember that walking into that gym, I was in the south at Boyson's Boxing Club. And you know, when you walk in there, it's just rough, tough, rugged kids. Um, you know, kids that don't have anything that come from, um, you know, not the best uh, situation. So they're really rough and rugged. Yeah. And then there's me who's, you know, come from a cushioned lifestyle. And um, it was very intimidating. Um, but we went for it and, and, you know, it showed that I actually had a bit of an, a, a boxing ability because I was always sporty, yeah. whether it was golf, uh, football, rugby, cricket, motocross, you name it, I did it. And... Um, yeah, I first walked into the gym, very intimidating. The smell of the gym, I still remember, all those sweaty gloves and, you know. Bit of B.O. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad, 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 bad. And, Any um, <laughs> Yeah, started uh, started boxing, got involved. And um, I remember the first time I ever got punched in the face was uh, we did a little bit of a sparring session because we were kids. They didn't play around. Even though we were kids, they made us spar. And I got cracked in the mouth for the first time. And it actually, I cried because of the shock. I'd never experienced such shock like that. You know, took a big shot. You know, when you check the roof and your head comes back down, <laughs> nose is bleeding, eyes are watering. I started crying, and that was the that was the first introduction of boxing for me. It's interesting you say that because even though you were a kid at that time, and I know it's a cliche that's been used so many times, but Mike Tyson's always like, everyone's got a plan until they get a shot in the mouth or the face Definitely. or whatever it is. But that initial shock was that a make or break moment for you, or was that like? I know you were only nine years old and it's maybe difficult to ask, but at the same time, was that like, okay, I can handle this, I'm going back, or it's like, no, 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 I think I might be out here. Yeah, it was the latter. Um, I didn't want any part of it, to be honest with you. I was like, this is this sucks. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but I had no choice. Yeah. I really had no choice. My my stepfather was like, no, this is exactly how it's going to be. Yeah. You're going to harden up. You're going to learn how to defend yourself and you're going to toughen up a bit. And that's what I did. I had no choice but to go to the boxing gym. And I started falling in love with it. I started getting better. I started understanding it more. You know, I, I learned how to move my head so I don't get uh, punched in the face. And, uh, yeah, it just, just grew from there. Um, that confidence in boxing is a massive thing. Regardless of your skill level, I think it, it's just the confidence to know that I actually can stand my ground, right? I mean, that plays a huge part, not only as a professional boxer, as someone who holds two titles today, but 
also as someone who's starting out, just learning the arts, the pugilistic art of boxing. No, definitely. Um, and that, that goes across, um, you know, all avenues of my life, not just with, you know, knowing that I can't handle myself. It's how I tackle life, how I deal with, um, you know, situations, how I deal with, you know, tough, tough times and stuff like that. Boxing plays a huge role in that. And boxing did make me a confident person, all in all. Um, if you can stand in front of thousands of people on, on national television and have it out with another man and fight and, and you know, be as, um, how do I say, as, as, as raw and as real as it gets, pretty sure you can do anything. You know what I'm saying? Nothing yeah. else other than that can bother you. So... Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's definitely a nice thing to know, um, especially in a country like South Africa. We are a hostile country, so not that I ever get into trouble, but it's always a nice thing to know that I can look after myself or look after my family or loved ones. That's one thing that stands out, and, and I love combat sports. I'm a huge fan. Obviously, my my role with the the MMA scene, but you come across guys who have weapons, and you guys have got weapons. And if it's the boxing weapons, if it's the grappling, whatever it may be. Um, I get the impression it's always you guys that are stepping away trying to avoid situations where people are trying to call you out or cause cut because at the end of the day, you look at these guys who are breaking through little amateurs, they've got a little bit of ego, they can stand and they can bang or they think they can. They're the ones more likely, or oh, it's just the guys who are looking for trouble because you're raw nap and you're standing at the bar and they're going, oh, I bet you I can take him. You yeah, know? yeah, that's, you actually said it perfectly. Um, for me, I feel like the people that know and, and understand violence to the level that I do also, we tend to gravitate towards it. We, we, we rather look for the route away from it. Um, and you'll find those people that do challenge us and, and try and you know have this ego that they try and prove a point, they don't understand or comprehend how ugly violence is. We do. I mean, it's, I do it for a living. I live it every day of my life. Um, and there's also a certain responsibility with that power. You know, you can really hurt people because of what you know. I mean, not to say that we're better, but we are different. We are wired differently. We we are designed to hurt people, whether it's MMA, grappling, boxing, mm. you name it. Any form of combat sports, we are wired to hurt people. And vice versa, we can actually handle a drink being thrown back at us, no problem. Most people that you see on the street, they can't. They're yeah. not built like that. And those are the people you find that are typically the ones that are edging for drama and looking to to start issues. And I don't go to bars. I don't go out. I don't go to clubs at all. You won't catch me in any of those places okay. at all. Um, not just for the reason that I don't enjoy it. It's not, my, it's not my cup of tea, but also because I know it's just asking for trouble. I know it's asking for trouble. Someone that's got a bit of liquid courage in them, had a bad day maybe, He's feeling some type of way. He wants to prove a point. He's going to come and start with me. And then that's just going to be a mess for me. So I'd rather avoid it. Yeah, I mean, that's a very mature. And, and also you're a professional athlete. At the end of the day, you are going to find yourself, the, the more success you have, more people knowing who you are. It puts a bigger target on your back. And I think you spot on. That liquid courage is a game changer. Mm -hmm. And the guy trying to impress uh, uh, his girlfriend or his mates 100%. or whatever it is, just looking for trouble. But... The one thing that always sort of I think about is that everyone's got a puncher's chance. And the momentum that comes from just, even if it's some drunk dude throwing, and he connects you down. Yeah, and, yeah. and you rather, as I say, you just remove yourself from that. No, definitely. But have you had people coming up to you and maybe like, even on the beach, man, I don't know. Like, or no, is it generally never. like, 
the South African public warms to you? They're quite chilled with you. Um, I've never actually encountered, listen, um, I've encountered maybe, you know, s stupid instances where, you know, a bit of road rage, people get clever or, or, you know, stuff like that. But I tend to work on diffusing the situation and I'm around, um, you know, high value men that are, are, are very sharp, very clever, very wise. So, you know, they've, they've guided me and, and explained how to handle situations like that. You know, we're all human at the end of the day, just because I've got a, a, a sense of responsibility I'm human. Yeah, I'm going to lose my 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 marbles every now and then, or or something's just gonna go wrong. But it's just about how you handle it and diffuse situations. I've never had issues where someone started with me at a, at a restaurant or a bar or a pub, nothing like that. Um, I'm quite a I'm quite a hermit. If I'm not training, I'm at home with my family or, or relaxing. So, I, like I said, I don't open that door at all. Smart move. Smart move. Speaking of which. Let's flip that to when you're preparing for an opponent. Uh, because over time, over decades, maybe even 100 years, we've seen bad blood between opponents. Um, and yes, I see. I absolutely love it because it builds the hype around a fight. Mm. Even if it's not really intentional, like we've seen a lot of athletes will do it literally to hype up, to get... And then behind closed the doors, they're the best yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the, for me, is that something when you're preparing for a fight that... You try and look for a little bit of the hype or is it purely strictly business? Because there is that whole social media aspect to it where people are like, oh, he's going to bang him, he's going to bang mm, whatever it is. Mm. Did you hear what he said? And that's actually what you want because mm. it's bums on seats. Oh, exactly. It gets people talking. It gets yeah. people excited. There is an element of, of um, chias that I have, um, but I never ever have like an, an, a direct animosity to my opponent. Um, remember, this is my job. It's like, you know, you have your nine to five and I have mine. Mine just happens to be boxing. Mm. Um, obviously, with that being said, it is a combat sport. So yeah. there's a lot more variables that go into it. Um, I don't particularly look for the, the excitement and the, and the drama and, and, you know, the mad buildups. I like to think that my actual fighting ability and style and what I bring to the ring will be enough to put bums on seats. You know, if I can talk well, if I can interact with people well, um, you know, I'm not stupid. I'm quite sharp. Those things also play a role in yeah. putting bums in seats. You know, if you're relatable, if you are likable, you know, I'm just an everyday, everyday dude. Same like everybody else. I just fight for a living. Doesn't make me better. It just makes me different. So I don't feel like I need to be out in there, you know, talking and, and running my mouth and stuff like that. I've never been like that. Yeah. I'm not like that. So I'm not going to change. Um, however, I match. Respect with respect and disrespect with even more disrespect. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, yeah. So if I do, you know, come across an opponent that does have a big mouth and does have a loud mouth, I know how to put him in his place and I know what to say that will um, prove my point. Mm. Let you know that I'm I'm not here to mess around. I'm coming to do a number on you. Um, Is that at the weigh-in sort of thing or the face? Or, or tell me what it can where, be both. Was that psychological? There's a bit of psychological. Yeah, it can be. It both. can be at weigh-ins. It can be at press conferences. Even I've never had an opponent that's you know run his mouth and carried on. So I've never had to bring that side out where I put you in your place and I tell you exactly what's going to happen, and in a rather violent way. Um, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to do this to you and this to you. I basically tell you your reality. This is what's going to happen. And I'm going to send you home empty-handed and you're going to wish you never signed the contract kind of thing. But that's as far as it goes. I mean, I'd like to think I'm a nice guy. <laughs> um, you know, I get on with people very well. So there's no really, there's no real need to to change that, you okay. know. 
uh, that disrespect thing is is a big thing because for me the amount of hours you guys put in into a camp for example now you're preparing for a massive fight in yeah. september um the blood sweat and tears and sacrifice that comes with that i mean weight cuts all these things and then you've got an opponent who's bad mouthing you yeah surely it's difficult not to let that get under your skin um believe it or not it's it's like water off a duck's back with me like that um you know, even if he's trying to get under my skin, I've had it before. I've had it with, with opposition that I've tried to get under my skin. It, I knew it was going to happen, so I expected it. You know, if I expect something, it's not going to catch me off guard or surprise me. I mean, I'm not emotional like that also. If you're going to try and get under my skin, you're pissing in the wind, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, um, it's just not going to happen. Um, because at the end of the day, regardless of how much an opponent or, a, you know, an opposing camp will try and talk and, and get under your skin. At the end of the day, we have to fight. Whether you say what you say, I don't care what you say. The day is coming for us to fight. It's ticking down. The clock is running out. We've signed contract. The day is coming. What do you, whatever you say, do, I don't care what you think. Whatever happens, the day is coming for us to fight. Then we're going to see. Because your team can talk rubbish. You can talk rubbish. But when we get into that ring, and it's me and you, that's where we settle our differences. Then yeah. all that talk goes out the window and you can't talk. You have to actually fight. And if there's one thing I can do is I can fight. I might not be able to, you know, trash talk and, you know. It's not in your personality. No, it's not in my personality, yeah. but I can fight. And that's where I prove my point. Speaking of which, when you enter the the ring, um, national anthems are done, ring announcers done the thing. What's, what's going through your mind there? Because I'm sure there's butterflies. I don't think you'd be human if there no, weren't for a bit sure. of butterfly. Of course, of course. But what's going through your mind there? Take us into that those what's it a few minutes I suppose before mm. you get into into war. Don't look stupid. <laughs> don't mess <laughs> us up. <laughs> don't make don't mess us up. Don't look stupid and um crack on. Okay, honestly. So that's seriously what you think. Yeah, don't, don't mess stupid, us up. Okay? Don't look stupid. Don't okay. embarrass your team. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't embarrass your people. I mean, that's for me that's always there. Okay. Um don't ask me why, because I'm there to fight. I'm not there to do anything else yeah. besides that. Um, but then it's also game time. When that bell goes, that first bell goes, then it's like autopilot. It's game time. Then all of those thoughts, they, they go out the window, honestly. And and how important is it? I mean, I imagine when you're standing there, you throw the jab. To get that first jab in it also just sets the tone, I suppose. Yes. Because you're trying to find that rhythm, the range. You, am I moving? How you're do still I quite feel? jittery. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually think about that often whenever I'm preparing for a fight. I always think about that first sequence. Um, my distance, my timing. Don't overreact. Don't try too hard. Don't overcommit. Just let it be. Because um, I used to be like that in you know, in the past when I was still inexperienced, and obviously I'm still gaining experience as I go. Um, but once that first once that first um, exchange happens then it's fine. Then you kind of start to settle down because you get a feel for the power, you get a feel for the tempo, the speed, everything. Obviously, I can control a lot of it, but sure. you start to get more of an understanding and, and you start to, you adapt. Yeah, You adapt to what's going on. Whether he's fast, then you're like, okay, cool, he's quick, so I need to start working on my timing. I need to time him better. So it's all about staying switched on, sure. staying on live. Um, and if he's got power, okay, cool, well, how can we you know, get away from that. How can we deal with that? It's always looking for solutions to yeah. problems. So I think, you you know, I'm constantly problem solving so much that it's just, it becomes like a dance almost. It's, it's like I said, it's autopilot. I don't plan for things to happen. It's just reactions one yeah. after the other. 
that um, the power thing, uh, especially in your weight division, the, the guys have serious power. I know everyone talks, yeah, but it's it's not the heavyweights. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, guys still have power. And I think with sports science, with training, with nutrition, conditioning, those percentages, they increase every year. And, mm. and, and you say what you want, but when someone has power and you taste that power, is it kind of like, okay, well, hang on a second. I've got to stay on the outside or I've got to avoid that left or whatever it is. And you've, you've alluded to it in problem solving, but when you get cracked, because mm. sometimes it stuns you, sometimes yeah. you you uh, feel like, okay, I'm in a, I'm in a fight here. Just, just take me there. Well, listen, um, we might not be the heavyweights, but but my division and and even from welterweight, you know, actually all divisions, all divisions. it's all relative. I was gonna say junior middle, there's power, man. Last middleweight, the one fifty four pound yeah. division, honestly, and I'm not saying it because I am part of that division. They say it is one of the heaviest handed divisions. Um, there's some killers in this division, um, and it's also it's all relative. It's all relative. So, you know, heavyweights can handle heavyweight power. Light heavyweights handle light heavyweight power. Look, there's guys that are freaks of nature yeah. that just hit far beyond their divisions. And there's guys that are in my division that are like that. Um, and when you get cracked by guys that are heavy-handed, it, it, it's, remember, we, f we wired to fight. So we, we take note of it, but then we move on yeah. very swiftly. Um, like I said, problem solving. And it's also, you know, once you take the first crack, you kind of know what you're in for. So you can also adjust and adapt. Um, listen, I've been hit very hard in my career um, i'm not gonna lie to you and i'm not gonna beat around the bush i've been hit from pillar to post i've kissed the canvas many times um so i've i've, I've been on the receiving end of some yeah. big shots but we fighters we wired we are born this way so we just keep going it's almost like a kind of stupid you know you get <laughs> cracked you know I, got, I remember i got cracked so hard once i remember and i watched it in the replay that my body was facing my opponent but my head was facing the crowd behind me like serious whiplash. Wow. Like I got hit very hard. But again, you crack on. You swallow it. You take it on the chin. You but, know. And but you then go. the good weight cut, conditioning, all comes into play. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You know what I mean. And that's where the science comes in. Like yeah. you just spoke about it. You know, I've got a phenomenal team in place that handles that. My strength and conditioning coach, Josh from Performance Purist, uh, Vusi also, my trainer who obviously helps me with my defense and my boxing yeah. IQ. Um, um, and another, I've got, actually got another a young trainer that I work with, a guy called Hisham from Apex. Very clever guy. Very, he's a student of the game. I so saw on Instagram that you holding pads with him. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a student of the game, and we got a great, uh, we got a great connection there. So that also adds to my game, you know, overall with my strength and conditioning, who handles my cuts. I've got a nutritionist in place um, that handles these. These are the variables that yeah. that that are there, but we try and control them as much as we can, which do inevitably help. I mean, I I remember I got dropped. Um, she's quite devastatingly against um, a guy on Dumbasi a couple of years back. And um, people thought I was out for the count. I even did. I couldn't move. I remember I couldn't move. I remember the mental, the, the thoughts going through my head. I was lying on the ropes and I was trying, I was telling my body to move, but did I felt the paralyzed. switch off? Stage five load shedding off. Wow. I promise you, it, it doesn't hurt yeah. to get to get sparked. It does not hurt, yeah. but it's it's darkness, complete darkness off. And I remember, you know, telling my, my body to get up move but my body wouldn't respond i don't know how i did it in 10 seconds but i got back up and and i think that was also a testament to my conditioning yeah. how successful the weight cut was the the training that i put myself through and you know just the overall well-being and looking after myself as an athlete because your body hits the reset button let's be honest that nervous system shuts down like window shutting down absolutely that's exactly You're what reboot. it's like <laughs> yeah but all due respect of course to the being sparked but the fact of the matter is 
I think people just see you when you're in the ring and they're like, oh man, I can murder that guy. You know mm. how it goes. But yeah. yeah, hats off to your team because I think they've done a phenomenal um, a job on you. And your record speaks for itself, 16-1-1. One, one. Um, it was interesting. You said to me, you don't look at your record. Why is that? To be honest with you, I'm more con- I'm more I'm more consumed with and 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 I concentrate more on progressing with my career, okay. not looking at what I've done. Look, it's nice to see where my ranking is. That's what I pay attention to the most. Um, you know where where we are in the world and and what's going on. But other than that, I'm doing my job. I'm training. I'm getting ready for fights. It's almost like blinders. Mm. I mean, I got no reason to look at my record or or who I fought and da 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 da. I don't care. I'm fighting this guy. I'm going this way. This yeah. is the di- direction I'm going in. Some folks on that. Out. Yeah, but let's be honest. A lot of fighters are obsessed with records. Um, and I mean, you look across the board. That's what sets them apart, you know. But looking at your sort of next fight, September's a big one. Um, Zich or Zik or I don't even know how to pronounce. Yeah, his. me neither. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> anyway, I think second September it's happening. Yeah. Um, what do you know about this guy? I mean, and how much tape do you study? Because I think these days with YouTube and everything, it's accessible. There's tape on everyone. Mm. Um, yeah, I've watched him. I've, I've I've seen a few of his clips. I typically don't study. Um, my team actually do that for me, okay. and then they train me accordingly. I've always been the type of fighter, and and I don't think I'm the only one that I like to see what's in front of me on the night. Okay. Um, you know, you can prepare for what you think you're going to see, and then what happens if it's completely different? And you're like, whoa, you know, you can't put your eggs in one basket. So I always leave my trainers to kind of build a framework around how we're going to fight, and then I adapt to what I'm dealing with in the ring and, Is that and like fight a plan accordingly. A, B, and C scenario? Or yeah, or I, I guess you can say that. Um, it's just also how it. It just makes yeah. it comfortable for me. Sure. I just sure. feel comfortable like that because also if I watch my opponent and I fixate on it too much, then I overthink. Absolutely. And then it's a problem. So I just deal with what's in front of me. Okay. Um, and that's more so, that's also my style as a fighter to adapt, mm-hmm. make adjustments, this, that, and problem solve. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, I've watched my opponent. He's, he's lanky, he's tall, very rangy. Um, you know, likes to keep guys on the end of his shots. And um, I've got a, I've got a nice game plan in my mind in that sense of what I want to start doing. Obviously, mm-hmm. just now I try and do that, and then it doesn't work. I yeah. have to adapt. Plans change all the time, so I've got an idea of what to do. Um, and that's just to be aggressive, push forward. You know, touch his body, slow him down. And uh, see if he can deal with the heat. See if see if he if he if he can you know operate under pressure. And if he can't, then I'll get him out of there. Because boxing is not about head hunting. No, no, I, no, I, no. I, it has its place absolutely. But I think when you're going downstairs, upstairs, body head, you know, mixing it up. it up with combos, it's a nightmare to deal that's, with. I mean, and we can see what a shot to the body can do. It shuts oh, you yeah. down. Oh yeah. People Listen. talk about getting sparked, but a shot to the rib cage or. In the a th- kidney. That's it. The <laughs> thing with the headshot is, yeah, you can take a great shot to the head and recover. You know, you can, you know, recover and and defend yourself and kind of do what you need to do. But with a body shot, you might get up from the body shot, but I can tell you now, you're not the same for the rest of the fight. That body shot stays with you the rest of the fight. And I've been in there every fight. I've caught one and it's stuck with me. Yeah. Um, and it's it's such a, I can't explain it. It's such a horrible shot to take. <laughs> oh, I'd rather get sparked any day than take a good body shot. But a good body shot feels like you want to die, honestly. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, Rocky, let's talk about, uh, you, you touched on your team around you. Vusi obviously um, has done, uh, you guys have a great relationship. Mm. Uh, what makes him such a unique trainer? And, and I know he's been around the South African scene. He's worked with some great trainers. 
but he's coming to his own now. Mm. Um, I think the last uh, card, he had all five fighters on the card. So, you know, this is a guy who's making his mark. Tell me that relationship you guys have and the importance of growing with your, your yeah. coach or your trainer. Well, listen, it's obvious the, the qualities he has as a trainer. He's a phenomenal trainer. Let's not talk about that. What makes him a great trainer in my eyes is the love he pours into his fighters, the care that he has for his fighters. You know, it's, it's not that he invests his time. He invests his heart. He invests his emotion into his fighters. It's like there's such a, a unique connection there where, like, I felt it with him where we don't even have to say a word to each other and we know exactly what to do. I know exactly what he's thinking and vice versa. He knows how I operate and how I know how he operates. So there's that, that, that trainer, you know, fighter trainer connection that, that I personally have with him. And, and he also has with the other boys. I was actually talking to him about it a couple of days ago. Um, you know, we were all in the gym training and I looked around and I was like, Holy, I'm, I'm, I realized I'm, I've been with Vusi the longest with, I'm one of the guys that's been with him the longest now. Like all these guys that how have come with him. How long is that by the way? couple of years it's, it's my, yeah oh, long now it's yeah. my, pretty much the majority of my career and um i said to him you know i'm your veteran hey coach and he's like what do you mean i said look around you i said these are all young prospects all new guys i mean when i came in and i started training with he was still with hecky he was still training dj he was still training reyna you're still training he was training all those boys yeah but not anymore i've been around since those days now you know he's he's like you said he's coming to his own and i'm a part of that yeah. so I said, I've been here for a long time now, coach. He's like, yeah, you have. So we've got that connection. I love him to death. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a, an, in, an incredible journey so far. Let's talk about this um, this journey of yours. Um, I know you've had some epic battles. I mean, the Taser fight, for example. Uh, your recent uh, French opponent that, that you had to graft to get past. Um, but this next fight, like, where does it put you in terms of where you want to be with your career? Everyone chases the strap there's no doubt about it yes you in it to as as a career and your god-given talent but at the end of the day your legacy is about getting straps mm. and gold ones at that that you hold on to and defend mm. tell me about this trajectory where are you aiming to go because as someone who doesn't pay a lot of attention to his record but he pays more attention to his ranking because obviously that's what puts you in mm -hmm. the mix mm -hmm. tell me about that next step what, what, do, we, what do we expect from you what should what are you hoping to achieve in, in the, the next few months and years? Well, to be very honest with you, this the end of this year is going to be quite a big year. Um, you know, they always say it's going to be my biggest year. It, it really is. Um, there's some there's some plans in the pipeline that are quite incredible, really, for myself because I never thought I would be here. But I am here, so I'm taking advantage of it. Why do you say it. that you don't think you'd be here? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, no, no. the fact that you just said that I have to ask. Well, you know what? Boxing is a very... It's a hard sport, yeah. and the, and and it's full of talented people. You know, it's it's a really deep pool of talented people. So, and the numbers that make it and get this far are slim to none. You know, it's it's a very small amount of numbers that get this far, and I have. So I never thought I would. I was a footballer my whole life. Yeah, I dabbled in boxing as a kid because I got bullied, but I was a footballer my whole life. I was born and bred to play football. Yeah, that was the first thing my dad ever did was put a football in front of me before I could even talk or walk. But I'm a boxer and, and I'm knocking on the door of something quite incredible for myself. Um, and uh, yeah, there's big plans. I definitely want to become a world champion and that will happen next year. Um, but the end of this year, we'll see me fighting some some top opposition. I mean, 
I'm ranked highly in the world. I'm among I'm sitting among the best in the world, um, which is an achievement in its own and it's incredible and I'm grateful to be there. But I don't intend on staying there and leaving it at that. I intend on taking it as far as I can and becoming one of the best on the planet. Yeah. And I'm knocking on the door of that, I believe. You know, my promoter Rodney has got a, a great plan for me. My manager's looking after me tremendously. You know, so I've got this great framework around me that's allowed me to be here and continue to go as far as I can. And yeah, look, hopefully we're talking WBC the end of the year wow. um, against some top, top opposition. And it's a privilege to be able to fight guys from around the world, you know. Um, essentially, I'm knocking on the door of the pinnacle of the sport and what a pleasure it is. And I think any South African boxer, we've got such a proud history. We've had world champions. I know at the moment, Sivanati is is uh, flying the flag for, for South Africa, but you're like within touching distance. I mean, yeah. does that come with responsibility and a little bit of added pressure? Uh, I know that it's a, it's literally a fight by fight scenario. Exactly. And it's a W by W scenario. Exactly. But looking at the scene in South Africa at the moment and, and our guys like Cameron Simon, Drikus, Timber, um, uh, you got BK and one, all these guys in different promotions. Yeah. If you look at Kevin Lorena, yeah. um, he's the same promotion as you. Yeah. Is there a bit of added pressure? Because I get the feeling right now, South African combat sports is is on an upward trajectory, it's an and it's high. been flying for some time now. Mm. No, I don't. I I don't allow the pressure to get to me. Okay. Um, there is an element of it, of course, because you've got expectations. However, for me personally, I try not to let that get to me at all because it's a privilege to do what I do. It's not, pressure is, as I've always said before, pressure is a single mother or father looking after kids, you know, trying to make ends meet, trying to create a life for your family, trying to survive, you know, not knowing what's going to happen the next day, literally living day to day or, or being homeless or, you know, going bankrupt or whatever the case is, that's pressure. Yeah. You know, pressure from your job, pre what I do is a privilege. It is an honest privilege and a blessing to do what I do because people don't get to do it. Effectively, I'm living my dream. So it's exciting. Yeah. And I try and take advantage of that and hold on as tight as I can because it's not going to last forever. You know, it's not going to last forever. So while I'm doing that, I'm still trying to, you know, create something that will sustain me for the rest of my life. Um, I understand that boxing can end tomorrow. Yeah. So like I said, I live in the moment and you say fight by fight. And, um, you know, I try and just become the best that I possibly can be. Yes, you've got Cameron Simon and Drickus and Kevin and um, Timber and, and all of those guys. But they're doing their own thing as I'm yeah. doing my own thing. I'm I'm doing this for me and for my family. Um, the only benefit of that is, you know, when I become successful and I carry on doing as well as I am, so it's, it's for South Africa also. Yeah. And I'm flying the flag. Then I'm, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but... It is selfish to say, but I'm doing this for me because it is such a hard sport. It is it is a temporary sport. It can be taken away from me tomorrow. And then what? Yeah. So I'm just focused on enjoying this because it's not going to last forever. Yeah. It's been one hell of a ride. I've met some incredible people. I've gotten to do and see some cool things. And yeah, I'm just going to hold on as tight as I can. So no, I don't see pressure. I'm, I'm, I'm basically a kid living the dream. So I'm going to just roll with that as long as I can. Good for you, man. And that's so. such a, I think that's a great space to be in mentally because I think a lot of athletes tend to internalize that pressure and don't talk about it. Mm. So it gets bottled up and then that negatively affects their performance as they go down the line. But because yeah. you've adopted this approach saying, damn, I'm privileged to be here. Yeah, of course. Um, 
but yes, I have the skills to, to pay the bills. Mm. And there's a legacy. And if it's a 10-year window or 15, if you're, if you're lucky, yeah. so be it. Mm. But the fact of the matter is by sort of taking it in your stride as part of the, the, the journey you're on, it's just such a good space to be in because that leads to success. It leads to positive energy, positive mindset, and being able to realize your dream. And yeah. and like Kevin against Dubois at Tottenham Stadium. Are you kidding me? I mean, well, that's a South go. African, you know, so that's how close it's it is. It's within touching distance. You can smell it. Yeah. You know? So I think that's what's very exciting for me. And I have no doubt that in the future we're going to see you fighting for some even bigger titles. I'm hoping uh, so. Apart from the two you currently have in your bag. Um, I, I wanted to just speak to you outside of boxing. Like, um, I know you, you uh, at some point were, am I going to say hairdresser or barber? I was a barber. A barber. I was a barber. I did dabble in hairdressing. I did learn how to do women's hair, which I can do. Okay. Um, but I was a barber. That was that was what I did to make ends meet while training on the side and trying to develop this boxing career. See, I'm an uneducated person when it comes to anything to do with hair. I okay. go to, I go to my Egyptian barber Mina, who sorts Haircut, me out. sorted, done. Does my eyebrows, nostrils, yeah, whatever you need I to do. I get it. Is that something you would ever look at getting into after boxing again, considering that you've got that background? I'd probably own a couple of barber shops. Okay. Um, I wouldn't get back into it as far as cutting hair. Sure. Um, you know, I'll cut my, my mate's hair every now and then, but even then, it's it's very rare. Um, I can always do it. It's yeah. not a problem. If someone really needs a haircut, okay, I'll do sort Do they knock out. on your door and say, hey? I've had people, <laughs> even now, and Walk, I haven't I haven't cut hair for <laughs> so long, but it's been years. Yeah. And I'm so out of reach from that world that I've had people say, hey, listen, I'm dying for a haircut. You always cut my hair the best. Please, can you come? I'm like, my oh, man, I don't do that for a living anymore. <laughs> I appreciate the the consideration, yeah, but exactly. I can point you in the right <laughs> direction, but I don't do it. I'm going to stop what I'm doing, go cut someone's hair sure. for like 100 bucks. It's just not worth it. No, of course. Um, maybe in the future, I'll, I'll, I'll own a few barbershops. That's, you know, as I want to do a lot of different things when, when my career wraps up. Um, but no, as far as cutting, I'm done. Maybe, you know, my girlfriend's here, I'll blow wave it and straighten it and, you know, do what I need to do if she asks me, but that's about it. That's as far as it goes. Because <laughs> she's your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Brownie uh, points. It's just, it's fascinating. Uh, the, the reason I say that is, I can't remember the Le ex Leicester city captain, Wesley, uh, was a king. I can't remember. But he owns, I think, I, I mean, I think it's about six or seven uh, tattoo shops in and around the UK, and someone as you with proudly sports your ink. Yeah. Um, it, it's always fascinates me around the reason for getting the ink. Mm -hmm. um, footballers, obviously, you know, they have their sleeves and whatever else. Some guys are, don't have ink at all. But the, the story behind your ink is there's a lot of commitment, a lot of time and money that goes into getting the right and quality. Ink. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, um, I've still got a lot of people that are, are questioning my choices with my ink. Um, but that's for them to question. It's likely they're not. It's know, your body, the ink. It's my body, yeah. exactly. Um, I've always been around it. My whole life, I've been surrounded by it. My dad was a. My dad was actually a, a, a biker when I was very small. Okay. My dad's also chopped up tattoos all over his arms, both arms and whatever. And we used to go to rallies and 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 bike shows. Yeah, where, in South Africa. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Where there would be tattoo um, competitions Got and you. stuff like that. So I've always been around it and I've always loved it. I knew growing up I wanted to be tattooed. Like five years old, I wanted to look like my dad with tattoos. Okay. I took it a step further though, and um, yeah, I've started covering myself. And my best mate, he's also covered in tattoos, so it's just something that I love, and it's my story. Um, 
you know, not every tattoo has uh, a deep meaning. Yeah. The only meaning that they have is that I like them, so I got them. Um, but the majority of my tattoos, about 90%, they tell a, tell a bit of a story. One of my chest tells a story. Um, it's all it's all a bit of a story, and that's why with each um, with each tattoo, it obviously uh, you know covers me more. It's, yeah. it's adding to the story. It's adding to to the page of my book. Um, and the neck one is it sore? Very sore. I was gonna say that the I neck like, is very sore. I mean, it's done really well. Yeah. Um, but it looks super painful, man. No, the neck was very sore. To be honest, there's nothing nice about getting tattoos. Um, I'm not one of those people that gets tattoos because they enjoy the pain. I hate it. I just there love the like art, that? and I just yeah. No way. Like, there's stories I've heard there of of people going in to get. They don't get the ink tattooed. They just get the gun. You to kidding. go on there. Yeah, I've heard that, which is crazy. There's a word for it, but I can't think about There's it. Some I can't fetish think of it. or something. It's crazy. And I'm like, people do that. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's very sore. My neck was incredibly painful. My chest was incredibly painful. But it's, you know, it's worth it in the end. Yeah. It's worth yeah. it in the end. So there's some real estate left, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Um, the reason I asked about, uh, was it here in South Africa? Because you, you, for a large part of your time, you were in the UK. Um, is that sort of a do you regard the UK and South Africa as home I mean and what would it mean to go and fight in the UK and you know represent South Africa I suppose it's, yeah. it's quite an interesting one I'm actually a British citizen yeah my dad being English I've got a British passport I lived in the UK I grew up in the UK for majority of my life um, so I guess they are you know South Africa and England both my homes I've still got family there my mom my stepdad my siblings grandparents everybody's that side um, so yeah, it definitely is my home, and I would love to fight in the UK some sometime. I actually did move over there a couple of years back to box full time in Manchester. Didn't quite work out um, for many reasons. So What's I'd, the scene like? It's it's different. It is it is boxing at the moment in the UK is pumping like okay. you cannot believe. Um, it's just on another level that side. The investment that goes into it, the time, the passion, the love, the supporters. I mean, you've seen when guys like Ricky Hatton used to go to Vegas, yeah. thousands and thousands of Brit supporters would follow him. Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua just a hundred percent. They're packing out ninety thousand capacity stadium, selling it out. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's it's wild when you think of those numbers. So at the moment, the UK is the hub of boxing. Okay. So I would love to be able to fight in the UK one day. Uh, maybe for a world title or, or if I'm defending my world title or whatever, it'd be, lov be lovely to go over and, and you know. That'd be amazing. Have a, have a bit of a go and represent South Africa on that stage. Speaking of the UK boxing, uh, Tyson Fury, uh, I know, I think, you know, there's talking about the Usyk sort of, but I know Usyk is fighting Dubois, if I'm not mistaken yes. now. Um, and then you've got White fighting Joshua. Again, yeah. What do you make of that situation? Because everyone wants to see Tyson Fury fight. I mean, he's a freak of a guy. Mm. The way he moves, the speed Definitely. for, what's he, 6'9 or 10? He's or a big fella, but he can move. He it's can incredible. Move. Yeah. What do you make of that? Because we, I know there's the Frank Warren and there's, the, you know, the different promoters that don't see eye to eye. And it's about money at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, of course. But imagine Fury Joshua, or who would you like to see? Fury Usyk? Or I would like to see... Um, Dante Wilder versus Anthony Joshua if I'm honest with you I feel like that's a fight that's a fight that's being slept on obviously we'd like to see the massive domestic fight with uh, Wilder and uh, uh, Joshua and uh, Fury yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get that money money talks yeah. if it makes money it makes sense so I think they just haven't met their numbers yet I think there's they're, they're trying to time it right um, 
you know, now I see Joshua fighting um, White White again. again yeah. Um, that doesn't make sense. It does. For me. It doesn't make sense. But I think it's also it's just to put AJ on the right track again, um, and try and build his career up and try and you know. Is that a confidence thing in your opinion? It, it might be. I mean, he 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 dispatched of White many years ago for the yeah. British title. That should be way yeah behind him. Even Fury fought White for the third time or something like yeah. that. But for what? But the thing is, it packed. The stadiums were packed out. Yeah. People came to support it. So, I mean, it makes money. Get the fight on, right? And and regardless if we think it makes sense or not, people are going to watch it and they're going to get paid. So it I is mean, what we'll it be is. Watching. But all of us want to see, you know, Wilder versus Joshua and Joshua versus Fury and maybe Usyk versus Fury. I don't know if that fight will ever get made. Jeez. You know, Dubois has landed his ass in the butter now with Usyk. And he has a real shot of becoming a unified think know, he can world take champion. It? Um, listen, I never ever sleep on any fighter. Yeah. It's a fight game. You never know what happens, especially in heavyweight boxing. Absolutely. You know, one, point, one punch can literally change everything. Just takes that one shot. But Usyk is a special, he's a special fighter that. He's, he's once in a lifetime type he's of ability. He's not big for heavyweight. He's not big, but he's, what he lacks in size, he makes up for ring IQ, yeah. knowledge, everything that those heavyweights don't have. Because you think about it, the heavyweights, they don't really have a big work rate and they're not really the fastest guys. Yeah. Usyk with his angles and his and his technicalities, he's just a special fighter that. So I don't see anybody dethroning him anytime soon, but you never know. This is boxing. Things change all the time. Yeah, I think that's the, the everyone's got a chance. Everyone yeah, has everyone's a chance. I mean you think of Kevin, that first round against Dubois yeah, I mean, I think everyone was on the edge of their seat, if not jumping up. I was screaming at my <laughs> flipping TV. I'm sure the neighbors were not happy with me. He was so close. He was. Ah, oh, so close from yeah. having it, but you know what? It's boxing. It happens. The fact is, he went out in front of ninety thousand people at Wembley Stadium, and um, he he did us proud regardless, and he and he did what he needed to do. So that's off. How do you think you would react to walking out to ninety thousand people? At a top Tottenham Stadium or Wembley or wherever yeah. it may be. Listen, I can't say because, you know, when you walk out at at, at something like Empress Palace, which is yeah, a grain drop compared to to um, you know Wembley. I think it would be the energy would be unbelievable. Yeah, you know that 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 atmosphere, that intensity. I think I would obviously try and feed off of it. But remember, as I've always said, when you get through, then for me, when I get into that ring and that bell starts, everything around me kind of like drowns out. Yeah. So I don't know if it will happen. Would happen if I was at night, you know, at Wembley. I would definitely make the most of it. Yeah. I would never let it. I would try not to let it slip through my fingers. Um, give it everything I've got, as I always do with every fight. You know, I always leave everything in that ring and then some more. So I would do nothing but the same thing. I would just be the same old rock that goes through, does his best, does what he needs to do, and tries to make everybody and himself proud. That's it. So that's that's the mentality that I would have going to to you know Wembley. I know it's easier said than done. Sure, Kevin went and he did it. Um, it's paved the way in, in, in exactly. some instances, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Two more questions. We're about to run out of time here, and it's been fascinating. Thanks for sharing your, your journey. Um, a lot of people say you tend to take a lot of damage to land damage. Is that just your fighting style? Or is it something that... And you, you'll see where I'm going here, because the media tends to sort of... And, and boxing and combat sports... And my executive producer, Ray, often says this. 
especially in these sports, it's a bit of an echo chamber. So it's mm. the same media, it's the same fighters, same fans saying these things. Spot on. How do you react to that sort of thing? Because I personally love watching you fight. I, I honestly think you're a gamer. And, I appreciate that. Thank you. And whenever you're on, I, I make sure I'm watching that fight. But how do you react to that? Because everyone interprets, interprets things differently. Everyone is a is an expert on their couch at home. If they're an ex-fighter, if they're a fan, if they haven't picked up a boxing glove in their life, how do you react to that? Is it something that you even pay attention to? Listen, there's also there's 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 times where people will, will you know give me a little bit of advice based on what you've just said, but the majority of people are the ones that are saying things that they quite and frankly don't have a right to say. They're not in there and they're not doing it, so I don't pay any attention to to what they got to say. And I find, and and I've I've found often it's it's very critical, which at the end of the day, you know, as fighters, we we're putting so much on the line there. Um, yes, nobody has forced us to do it, but effectively, we're putting so much on the line for your entertainment. And you want to slate us and say, oh, for example, he takes far too many shots. You know, he's going to end up with because I've seen it. Yeah. You're going to end up with brain damage. Da 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 da. Well, why not just be positive and support the fighters for putting their bodies on the line for for sacrificing what they do for your entertainment because whether you're criticizing it or not, you're watching, right? So I appreciate it. Um, and I know my style can be like that where I do take a few to give some, but this is boxing and, and combat sports as a whole, you're going to get cracked. Yeah. It is what it is. The sooner you accept it, the better. Yeah, I definitely try not to get cracked and I try not to you know, be there to take punishment. But I've noticed the higher you climb the ladder, it's it becomes a bit difficult. Guys are sharp. Guys are very clever. They 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 don't fall for your tricks. Guys are wisening up to to your traps and this and that, and they can pick it up, right? So it's easier said than done. Mm. You know those same people that would like that would say these things and oh, it takes too many hits. Well, I would do this, do this. Well, then come and show me how you do it. Sure, please show me and set an example. If you can do it, then I'll shake your hand and say, you know what, I'm wrong, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. So those same people that would you know criticize and slate not just me but fighters uh, it was the same um for for kevin when he he nearly took dubois out in that and it's like well you come and do it yeah you go walk in front of ninety thousand people yeah. and fight that one of the biggest fights of your man. career yeah. <laughs> or whatever the case is yeah you even an emperor's palace walk it's it's still a serious thing you walk to the ring in front of thousands of people all the cameras are on you national television let's go let's see yeah. how you handle it let's see you do it so I don't pay any attention to it I don't really care what they say um, I'm more concerned with what my family say and, and the important people around me what they say so I don't really pay attention to it that circle of trust obviously exactly lastly what excites you about your career at this point in time because I can see you're a guy who's very comfortable in his own skin very comfortable with his skill set um, but hungry for more there's fire in that belly what excites you for this remaining chapter? Hopefully there's many more yeah, chapters. The potential. That's what excites me. The potential to see how far I can really go. That that gets me out of bed in the morning. That makes me um, hold on to this with both hands. That's, that, that's, that's what drives me forward and, and makes me excited to see what I can really, really achieve by putting my mind to it and, and really working as, as hard as I can to make that become a reality. I've already got a great team behind me that will ensure and do the best they can to ensure that. So the framework around it is is solid. It's just up to me. And yeah, I'm, it's it's the potential. What if I can really become great? What if I can become one of the greatest the country's ever produced? What if I can become 
a multiple world champion? What if I can achieve that financial freedom that everybody fights, every fighter dreams of? What if? Well, stop turning that what if into a question and make it a reality. So it's that potential and the fact that I feel like it's possible, like I can I can smell it, I can I feel like it's it's there in front of me to take. It's just for me to take. That's all it is. So that's that's what excites me about this and, and you know, moving on and, and progressing with my career. Rocknap, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations on everything. Thank I'm you so sure much. there's many great things still to come. Good luck in September. I'll definitely be watching that fight. Thanks very much for tuning in. Remember to like and subscribe. Uh, of course, we're on Spotify and iTunes if you want to listen. Um, but thank you very much for joining us, as always. And a big shout-out to our partners at Betway South Africa.